Welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. In today's episode, you'll hear director Bong Joon-ho discuss his new film, Parasite, with Landmark Theatre's CEO, Ted Mundorf, following a special advanced screening of the film at the Landmark in Los Angeles. Be sure to look at Landmark Theatre's YouTube channel to see an entirely different Parasite Q&A featuring director Bong Joon-ho and actors Song Kang-ho and Park So-dam. Great, right? First of all, I want to thank you all for coming. My name's Ted Mundorf. I'm president of Landmark Theaters, and it is my great pleasure to be here tonight. And I was able to watch an hour of this with you, and I love your reaction, and, and it's really, really fun to, to listen and, and hear you guys react to this. Awarded the highest prize, the Palme d'Or, at the Cannes Film Festival in 2019, the most prestigious uh, award in the film industry, in my opinion. Uh, it's my pleasure and my honor to introduce to you Director Bung. Please introduce you. That we have the we have a translator tonight. So, because my Korean is not as good as it used to be. Hello. So, I did find the film about you know it being about the have and have nots and about uh, the good and maybe the bad of capitalism and the um, and also the theme of coexistence. Um, can you talk about that? Uh, it's a small <laughs> subject. Since the title is Parasite, I think we naturally have to ask ourselves then who is the parasite. In particular, uh, in Korea, the word parasite carries very negative connotations. Um, it carries a lot of disdain and humiliation. So as a title, it was pretty risky um, to call this parasite. Uh, but at the same time, as you mentioned, it's, this film is also about coexistence. And of course, it would be great if we could all coexist rather than be parasites. But I think this story really shows uh, what happens when the basic uh, respect we should have for another one, another person, and the moments when those are destroyed and we end up becoming parasites uh, when we don't have any choice but to become parasites. Um, this, this film shows the sad uh, but scary reality that could happen from that. But speaking about the titles of both the host and parasite, yeah. um, <laughs> some would say they're misleading. And yeah, is, is that people, on purpose? Yeah, many people think this is some kind of sci-fi action movie or <laughs> some... <laughs> Body, body snatchers from the inside, kind of. Uh, but I didn't dislike the fact that people mistook uh, this film. It's always nice to have people interest, uh, be interested in your film, even if that means uh, having other expectations. But you must do some of that on purpose, just to have a little fun, maybe. <laughs> Um, in Korea, the host is actually called the monster, but obviously since the English title is the host, Parasite does feel like its sequel, um, but I didn't really intend that. Did you have an inspiration? Was something inspirational, inspirational to make this story that, that, that made you start thinking about it? 
영화에서 보면 이제 주인공이 부잣집에 um, 가야 하라고. So like the protagonist of this film when I was in college I worked as a tutor. So at the time, um, I actually tutored for a very rich family. I taught a middle school boy, and one day he took me to the second floor of, this, of his house and showed me their private sauna. Um, and I was very surprised to see that uh, there were saunas at homes, and it felt very. It also felt very strange because it felt like I was spying on the private lives of, a, of complete strangers. And I really recalled those memories when I was writing the script. But of course, there are other jobs that uh, let you enter other people's houses. Um, you can be a nanny or a housekeeper. So I thought of what would happen if an entire family enters another another home one by one. Well, well speaking of the homes, was the home real? Tell me about the sets or how that was done. It's all set. That the rich house is a built on the ground and even the poor house and poor neighborhood, the whole town is set. We built the set in the middle of, in the swimming pool, the water tank. And we shoot every sequence there and the, the, the last two days we put the dirty water there. And then Hopefully just colored water. Exactly, it's very clean water. <laughs> it's, very, it's very good for our actors. And <laughs> Uh, we added in facial mud masks into the water to give it that color. So it looks very dirty, but it's actually there's very clean water. Yeah. <laughs> the best scene is she's sitting on the toilet and all the dark stuff's coming up. It was it's very visual. So visually, it's a very funny scene, but it's also very sad as well. It carries a lot of um, complex emotions, and we really prepared a lot for that sequence. We tested the um, the pressure of the water as it spews out from from the toilet. Well, it's terrific. So the cinematographer that you used uh, on this film was also um, the cinematographer on Snowpiercer. Yeah, he did Snowpiercer and Mother, and the last year, the Yi Changdong's Burning. It was also his. He's really master, master cinematographer. I, I, after after I saw Snowpiercer, and I hope some of you, and I'm sure all of you, didn't see it in a theater. Most of you saw it probably in, via a different way, unfortunately, um, because the Netflix. sound on that film. The, the what? Sorry, it's, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, the atmosphere sounded, you would just word, it's okay. <laughs> um, but the, the it, it was so beautiful, beautifully shot, and then I saw him shoot this film, and when they're, they're coming back from the house and going to the, to the water tank um, and walking down those stairs, I mean, it was just a brilliant, brilliant lighting, everything. He's, he's really something. So thank you for that comment, in particular about that rain sequence, um, where the the family escapes the poor, uh, the rich house and they descend into the poor neighborhood. That entire rain sequence, it was it was something that the DP and I were really ambitious about. 
I think every film director has the desire to pull off a, an amazing rain sequence that is maybe uh, better than Kurosawa Kira's Seven Samurai. But it's not uh, just to achieve a visually um, aesthetic, a stunning visual aesthetics. It's really closely tied to the overall theme of this film, as water only flows uh, from top to bottom, um, and it's a it's a it's a sad natural flow where water only flows from the rich neighborhoods to the poor ones. Um, the water that flows through the protagonist's legs as he escapes the rich house eventually uh, flows into his house and submerges his entire uh, his entire home. Everything was layered, right? Even when they're underneath the coffee table, it's all layered, right? So um, I, I think it's, first of all, I, I want to thank the director for coming. We have sold out every show that he's appearing at. And, and, for, and for those who don't know the deal, because there's a deal, there's a, the deal is we don't charge you more for Q&As, but you have to tell three people that you love the film, if you did love the film, and I know you did, and to, so that they'll come back and see, see the movie. Um, but I do want to, um, since you guys all made it here um, through the lovely traffic, um, I want to give you guys a, a, a chance to ask the director some questions. So, um, and I'll let you choose who you would like. <laughs> I'm working on two projects right now, one in Korean and one in English. And it's all small size movie, like Parasite or Mother. So. so I found a lot of struggles working on big budget films. It was a hectic process. Um, so uh, working on Okja was a great experience, uh, but for me it was a big budget film. Uh, of course in the U.S. it would be considered a mid-sized budget. Um, one of our crew members from Okja is here. <laughs> Um, but uh, for Parasite, it really felt like I was using a magnifying glass against the sunlight to burn a tiny dot onto paper, and there was, um, I felt a lot of excitement that came from that sort of focused approach, and that's something that I would like to continue on in the future. Yeah, I just had a question, because I see a lot of, um, um, a lot of films reminding me of this film, like a lot of work from Bunuel and Chabral, and I'm just curious if, you had the actors watch any films, or you watch them? In particular, you mentioned Claude Chabrol. He's a, he's a French master of crime crime films, and I was very much inspired by him uh, for Parasite. He released this film called The Beast Must Die in around uh, 69, and that film is also about this middle-aged man who creeps into a middle-aged fa uh, middle-class family for revenge. But the, maybe the biggest inspiration was the uh, Korean classic called Housemaid, mm. it's in 1960, the Kim Ki-young. You, you, you mm. can find out that the movie by, it released by Criterion DVD, so <laughs> please go find out it in Amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somebody back in the expensive seats. is a metaphor, and then he gets beat over the head with it. I'm wondering 
is the is the stone is he the audience and are you comforting us that the metaphor won't kill us but it will make us nuts? Uh, that's a really interesting interpretation, and thank you for it. Um, the really uh, funny part about that stone is when that stone first appears in the, in the film, the protagonist announces himself that this stone is very metaphorical. Usually, that's something that the audience asks themselves, but this time it's the actor just saying it out loud in the film. So in fact, it's a little strange for uh, for the character to say that himself, and I think um, I added that in so that the audience doesn't see it as a as a metaphor or just a symbol. It's almost uh, disappointing the audience's expectation that this stone will end up becoming this grand metaphor. Um, and you know, when that stone hits the protagonist's head, it it's, it really acts as this physical object, this physical weapon. 상징적인 어떤 했던 말했던 그 머리를 내려치는 거니까요. Thank you. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, thank you for this film. Uh, you know, it was kind of bitter towards the end. Um, I'm just wondering what current filmmakers are you watching? There's so many directors. I myself am a am a big uh, fan of films. Uh, so just before the Q&A, uh, we were discussing The Irishman uh, by Martin Scorsese, and I'm really dying to see it, but I've been so busy with my promotional schedule. It's driving me crazy. And of course, every uh, cinephile, uh, they, they get excited to see the new Scorsese, but I'm also a huge fan of David Fincher and this Japanese director, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. These are filmmakers who, I always, uh, who I'm always excited to see. Okay, we have one more question, and I asked it uh, after the Q&A is over, allow the director to exit, because he has another appointment he would like to get to. You choose. Hi, my name's Ian Park. Hi, my name's Ian Park. I'm a big fan of your movies and she will translate. So uh, Snowpiercer felt like a vertically aligned circle um, where they move through the trains through staircases, and Parasite felt like the tail cars and the, the, the front cars were actually aligned together. So uh, for pa Parasite felt like that little boy in the, in the front car of Snowpiercer that was basically part of the machine. And in Snowpiercer, they had to go through all the train cars to get to the front. But because Parasite felt like the front car and the tail car were just uh, connected, um, it, it was a much shorter journey to get there. Uh, thank you for that great interpretation. But to be honest, I didn't think that deeply into this matter. <laughs> Uh, but practically, as a film director, I had to create 26 different train sections for Snowpiercer, and to create 26 different spaces was very difficult for me and the production designer. So for Parasite, I just wanted to reduce those cars into just two, one rich, one poor. And I, I totally agree that Snowpiercer is something horizontal. But this movie is very vertical. But in the yeah, like you said, in the very last moment of Snowpiercer, when Ed Harris opened the the, the floor, is the small kid is underneath there. 
in that moment is very small but very vertical. Only one vertical moment in the movie. So. So during Snowpiercer, it did occur to me at that scene, um, since there's no way to go forward uh, from that point on, the only way to go is, is further down. Um, and so that's how that single vertical shot uh, came out in Snowpiercer. Um, and he just added that that's also very relevant to Parasite, as um, water is very important to this film, and water flows from top to bottom. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for the great interpretation. And I'll see you at the Oscars. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. If you want to hear more conversations with filmmakers about the latest independent, foreign, and documentary films opening at Landmark Theatres, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit our podcast website at landmarktheaters.podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel for videos of Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.